0: This is Outspoken, the podcast that's not afraid to say exactly what you're thinking. Our names are Amy, Kate, and Sophie Torver. We're identical triplets, but we often don't have identical opinions. So sometimes things can get heated. Outspoken covers all things reality TV, influences, entertainment, and issues facing women. That is so fetch. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of Outspoken. Outspoken. It's pretty exciting because tonight is the night that most businesses have their Christmas party. But Sophie, we've decided we're not having a Christmas party again this year. Yeah, Omicron's out and about in Adelaide at the moment. So I think it's best that we probably celebrate privately in our own homes. It reminds me of that reel. I think I shared it on the Outspoken Instagram where it said this is literally Omicron ruining everybody's Christmas. And it was this vision of this man dressed as a Grinch just tearing these children's stockings down. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that deep to my soul at the moment because I'm too scared to go anywhere. And I know that probably sounds melodramatic for our listeners in New South Wales and Victoria, but we have been in such a privileged position where we haven't had COVID in our state. And now that it's out, I'm just so worried about being in an exposure zone and having to quarantine over Christmas. So I am a little bit nervous because I've got my Christmas party next Tuesday. So three days out from Christmas and we're supposed to be heading into the city. Mm. So I don't know how I feel about that. I might have to make up an excuse as to why I can't come. Mm. I actually can't believe the timing of this story, though, because while everyone is out celebrating their Christmas parties... UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has been forced to apologise over a secret Christmas party at his official Downing Street resident last year and it is alleged that the party broke COVID rules at a time that the UK was under Tier 2 restrictions, including Brits being banned from having work Christmas parties and also no mixing of households indoors. Yeah, do you remember they had to have their bubble and they could only see their bubble for Christmas? Yeah, well, I think the most awkward thing is that the, while the Prime Minister wasn't in attendance at the party, he did appear via a video as the quiz master. And to make matters even worse, the Prime Minister's spokesperson was caught on camera in a mock press conference at the party joking about the lockdown measures. Now, she has since resigned from her job and it got me thinking about the worst Christmas parties I've been to because this is a pretty horrific ending to a Christmas party from over a year ago. Have you guys had any terrible Christmas parties? Um, I've had like some awkward Christmas parties. I actually don't have too many terrible ones. A good Christmas party I can think of was when we were in our early 20s and we were working at Channel 10 and they always threw a great party. And the first Christmas party we ever went to with them, they had this temporary tattoo artist and it was really cool. Obviously, you could get anything you wanted tattooed. And it was when the three of us and some of our friends, we were doing auto cue and camera operating for the weekend news. And one of the news readers there, she's now working at 60 Minutes, Sarah Arbo. We absolutely loved her. And we all called ourselves Arbo's Angels. So we all ended up getting temporary tattoos of that all over our arms. God, I totally forgot about that. That would have been 10 years ago or more. Thinking back to my most memorable work Christmas party, I can't go past the first year I was working full time. And one of my colleagues hosted the party and he was so house proud. He had this beautiful pool and spa and outdoor area and we had a big barbecue. And then later in the night, everyone decided to get in the spa. And I remember sitting there amongst all these men and I kept getting up to go to the toilet. However, they didn't move. And after about two hours, when we got out of the spa, I realized why they had all collectively pissed in the spa they hadn't gotten out to go to the toilet the spa water was yellow it was foul this poor guy at the time he didn't know what was going on because he'd actually collapsed outside um the front of the house looking at the christmas lights so (laughs) so wait was he drunk or what yeah he was so drunk that he went out to look at the christmas lights and was found like lying in the driveway and his wife had to bring him in and take him in to have a shower it was quite hilarious um but yeah he ended up having to drain the spa and having to like refilter the water. Like it was this whole process. It was so disgusting. So maybe not as bad as Boris and his spokeswoman's party, but pretty bad. We'd love to hear your horror stories from Christmas parties. Hopefully you won't have a horror story this year. We're going to put a thread in our Facebook community at Outspoken, the podcast community. How can I forget? I had to have a replace because every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. Influencer Chloe Zepp has revealed the reason behind partner Mitch Orville's absence from social media. She made the revelation during a Q&A on Instagram where she also teased she'd found God this year. Firstly, Amy, can you tell us what went down? Well, a lot of people have been wondering where Mitch Orville has been because he has been absent from social media for the last couple of months. And this followed, of course, a lot of negative sentiment towards Chloe and Mitch following their alleged anti-vax views. So one follower flat out asked Chloe, why isn't Mitch on Insta anymore? To which Chloe responded, a multitude of reasons, privacy and realizing he doesn't actually have to show the internet everything. I think mostly just for peace and more presence in his life. And he got into NFT and crypto space and has more passion for that now. And he started a networking company outside of social media, all face to face connecting. Now, I did have a bit of a laugh seeing Chloe mention that Mitch is now into cryptocurrency and NFTs because it seems like such a male influencer thing to get involved in. Well, it's really just a money making scheme. And I feel like a lot of men are on Instagram and women as well to make a lot of money. And there's nothing wrong with that. But perhaps Mitch has seen that the crypto market is a lot more lucrative for him and he doesn't have to share all his personal details online and be scrutinized. And he can just go and do that instead. Do you guys think though it's more of a case of perhaps brands no longer want to work with Mitchell anymore? It's not a case of him choosing to just leave social media because it doesn't fulfill him. Like I can imagine a lot of brands wanting to move very far away from them and all of their anti-vax sentiments. To be honest, I don't know if that's the case because I honestly think that Mitch and the whole Orville family has been really upset following all of the negative sentiment towards them online. I mean, we saw that with Sharon Orville's outburst on Instagram. Yeah, but why are they upset? Because they can't make money anymore. No, I think they're upset because they're so used to being well-loved. Angry Dad was so popular on Instagram and I feel like this is territory they haven't been in before, being disliked. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Amy, because it's been a big fall from grace for the Orville and Zett family. And it's been in this bit of a reckoning for social media influencers when people are actually questioning why they follow people and why these people earn so much money, particularly since the pandemic. They've been put under the spotlight. So I feel like maybe Mitch is realizing it's not a space he wants to be in. And there might be quite a few influencers questioning their involvement in the space mm-hmm. moving forward, particularly if they've already created enough cash that they they. they can get into investing in cryptocurrency. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm in kind of two minds about it because I think personally for Mitch, it might be a good idea for him to step away from social media if it is causing him distress. However, I do wonder if their brands can sustain that popularity if Mitch isn't there, because obviously Chloe is still on social media. Sharon Orville has said she's leaving social media. I don't know. Can Chloe exist without Mitch being online? I feel like there's such a partnership and they've got so many businesses tied into their social media presence. But I don't think Mitch has ever really had a very successful business off the back of his social media career. I think it's Chloe that's been the breadwinner in that area with Zep. I mean, Mitch has had a string of businesses and they haven't really gone anywhere. I mean, he he can flog off some t shirts and make some quick cash, but I don't think there's much longevity in the brands that he has produced. I agree with that, but I feel like Mitch has been the one that pushes Chloe a lot. We've seen that with her YouTube because Chloe doesn't even post on her personal YouTube. It was Mitch who was filming everything, editing everything. And he said in a vlog earlier this year that. Chloe was basically lazy and just paid everybody to do everything for her. So I wonder if she's going to be able to have that internal drive or well, maybe Mitch is handling social media things, but just off camera. Yeah, it's so true because Chloe has always kind of ridden on the coattails of others. I mean, she really generated her following off the back of being best friends with Shiny Grimmett. And I think that her relationship is Mitch with Mitch is also another huge reason as to why people followed her. I mean, they even had a joint YouTube channel, I think that she probably doesn't have that passion and drive to do it. I mean, it's quite clear that neither of them must be that passionate about being social media influencers or creators if they're happy to just walk or if Mitch is just happy to walk away from it like this. To be fair, they're probably just fed up with the backlash. I mean, we spoke about it in a recent episode that everything the Zepps and Orvils posted, even if it really wasn't that bad, it was copying negativity online. Yeah, but we've all been fed up with our jobs before. It doesn't mean that we can all just... Just walk away and you know throw yeah, a dummy spit to, to be fair though all of our jobs don't come with a lot of criticism and trolling and while some of it may have been deserved in the sense that they obviously shared some very controversial uh views about the pandemic I do feel like this may be a bit of a time for Mitch to lay low and then reinvent himself again because I think a lot of his image online is this reinvention. So Mm. I think the last time we saw him, he had stopped you know the drinking and the drugs and he was sort of trying to prove to everyone that he had changed and he was into his fitness and he was really getting into the vlogging and all of this controversy then happened with these anti-vax views Hmm. i feel like mitch is potentially working on himself and going to have a bit of a comeback when everything's died down and in the meantime he's looking into cryptocurrency yeah well on the topic of reinventing themselves Another follower asked Chloe, what's the most powerful thing you have learned in 2021? And Chloe said, family is literally everything to me and I mean community family, like siblings, nieces, nephews, parents, grandparents, friends that I feel like family. Spending quality time together, laughing and having fun, community and having people you love around is the most powerful thing. And lastly, to put faith in God, pray, have gratitude and faith. So one of our members in our community summed it up pretty well. They said that this was Chloe. Chloe's soft launch into Christianity. And I couldn't agree more. A lot of people have also been saying that they've noticed that in a lot of her Insta stories, Chloe's been playing worship music recently. So this answer in the Q&A didn't surprise too many people. It's interesting because she has always put herself out there as being a spiritual person, but I have never heard her speak Mm. directly about being a Christian or her relationship with God. So I do find it interesting that it is something that she seems to have Gotten more into this year and it's also interesting because we have seen another large Australian influencer Sarah's Day speaking more openly about her faith and her Christianity and while I think that it is very genuine and they are probably both Christian women I do find it interesting because it does seem to be a foot in the door of the American market Mm. especially as a mummy vlogger Do you know what's funny? When you were saying that, that she's now into Christianity, I just thought, well, first it was manifestation, then it was crystals. Now is everyone just going to find God? Is Is it it become cool now? Yeah. Do you know what really stood out to me in Chloe's comment was the word community. It popped up quite a few times and I couldn't help but think about how she's been trying to push that she wants to start her own community where they all live together and they do homeschooling and grow their own vegetables And it kind of had religious undertones for me. And this has kind of solidified that in my mind. But I do think she's really pivoting away from, as you said, Sophie, she's, she's always been spiritual. But I would have thought that a lot of her practices tended to be more towards the Buddhist faith rather than Christianity. So, if you touched on the fact that Sarah's Day has also opened up about her faith, I do find it quite interesting that both Sarah and Chloe have been quite problematic influences this year. And now they're suddenly shouting from the rooftops that they've found God and they're part of the Christian community. Do you honestly think that it is to get people off their backs? Or you mentioned that you do genuinely think it is to break into the American market. Well, maybe, I don't know, I've just thought it, but then maybe they've found forgiveness in that sort of community. Maybe they haven't felt as much judgment. Good morning, everybody. We have come to our annual Get the Tree at Wilderness Woods, which we're very excited about. Zoe Sugg has returned to YouTube after a three-month hiatus after giving birth to her daughter, Ottilie. The video has already amassed over one million views and is trending on YouTube. In true Zoella style, she shared a festive update along with baby news. So, Kate, can you fill us in on Zoella's baby update? Well, it's quite interesting because the last time Zoe uploaded was on the 26th of August when she shared a tour of her finished nursery. And it was also the same day that she went and got her 38-week scan. However, Zoe wasn't expecting the news that the doctors told her. Unfortunately, her baby's abdomen percentile had dropped below the average, and the doctor preferred that the baby put on weight outside of Zoe's womb. So she had to be induced. And Zoe said she was going to upload a vlog before Ottilie's arrival, announcing that she was taking maternity leave and wasn't going to be doing vlogmas. However, she didn't even get the chance as she had to be induced so early you Now Zoe ended up being induced on the Friday and then gave birth on the Sunday which was the 29th of August and Zoe's partner Alfie actually filmed the whole birth experience however they said they're not going to share it. They also said they took a break from YouTube as it was important for them to have time with the cameras down to enjoy the experience and I found this whole thing very refreshing that they actually wanted to keep the birth private and they didn't just use it for clicks or to monetize the experience. I feel like it's not going to feel like Christmas for a lot of people in the UK because Zoe has been doing vlogmas for the past six years and it's the first year as you say Kate that she isn't going to be doing it but she couldn't help but give fans a little taste of Christmas in the video. Yeah that's right so following the little baby update Zoe shared her and Alfie getting the Christmas decorations out of the basement and also decorating one of their many Christmas trees. This time Sophie you'll like it because it was their pre-lit balsam hill tree So she decorated with, I don't know if you've guys seen her do this before, but I've seen it quite a few times in her vlogs over the years, but she's got this tree that has really bright and funky decorations that are really random things. I feel like it would be right up your alley, Amy. So she's got like fries, Diet Cokes, caravans, popcorn, and she also shared that she had some new additions to this special tree, which included, it was kind of like a Le Snack cheese and biscuit snack, which she said were her pregnancy craving. She also added a baby nursery and a snow globe with an O for Ottilie in there. And it was pretty cute because Zoe hung up the O with the snow globe decoration with Ottilie. So I feel like a lot of her fans that have been watching her since 2012, this would be quite a special moment for them to be watching. Hmm. We're talking about her vlogs. Did you guys ever watch... Her vlog, Vlogmas series? Well, I actually watched a couple a few years ago because I kept hearing everyone saying how great Zoella was. Yeah. And whilst I do think she she seems like a lovely person, I never got hooked on them. Neither, because I've watched a few and I just thought they were a bit boring, but maybe it's because I'm not invested in her life like other people might yeah, be. Yeah, she doesn't seem as out there as other influencers. Like She seems a lot more softly spoken and I feel like it's really her commitment to vlogging which has yeah. led to her success. Yeah, I actually have been watching heaps of them on my YouTube seems to be set. The algorithm now just is feeding me vlogmas by Zoella. So I've been seeing lots of different years of her life, which has been kind of funny, but I kind of let them run in the background. So as you said, I think it's more of this relaxing thing that you can put it on, be on your phone. You don't have to pay a lot of attention, but I think her success is in her relatability. And also, I mean, as Sophie said, her consistency. I mean, to do Vlogmas, it's a huge effort to do it. I did actually enjoy some of her more recent Vlogmas series over the last two years because she's rich. And for some reason, I get a sick kick out of seeing all of the expensive ornaments and all of the presents that influencers go out and buy. Now, Zoella wasn't the only person to put out a vlog. Her partner Alfie also put out a vlog to celebrate the return to YouTube. And it is quite clear from the video that they are being fairly strategic with how they want to put their daughter out to the rest of the world. And I do think it is good that they have had that time to reflect and think about what is the safest and best option for her going forward. Here's a clip of what he said. I'm also still working out at the moment how much I want to film and what to film. And what not to film. And I'm very used and I'm very comfortable with how much of my life that I put online and how much of my relationship with Zoe that I put online. But obviously everything surrounding Ottie is brand new. And I'm working out what I want to film and how much I want to film and what I don't want to film and just making sure that I'm doing that at the right pace. Like I'm so excited to document it in whichever way that is in however many videos that is. I'm so excited to document the... The next phase of my life. So, what do you guys think about what Alfie had to say? It did actually remind me of a conversation that Mitch Orville and Reese Hawken shared on their podcast, Two Open Books. And this was before Mitch had his son, Artie. And Mitch was saying that he basically wanted to start a family channel and felt quite comfortable sharing Artie on there. Mm. But for Reese, who had actually shared his children in the public eye for the past couple of years, he hit back on Mitch and said, it's actually not a good idea. And he is now choosing not to put his children out there publicly. Not only his son, Stone. I think it actually would be impossible for Alfie and Zoe not to share anything about their daughter online. A bit like how, do you remember Kim thought that she could just keep her children off keeping up with the Kardashians and now they're on there? So I feel like they might actually share little bits of her life in a tasteful way, but I feel like it's quite a good move on their behalf of not to overshare everything like every other mummy blogger out there. Yeah, I think it was good they did not share the labor vlog because it's so personal and I think that some women do do a good job of sharing those sort of things to educate others. But for some, it's just a moment where you get a bucket of popcorn and sit back and watch the drama unfold. I can't, I can't stand watching birth vlogs. It makes me I, feel I don't, like I never want to have children. Like it's, yeah, but I, don't, I think that's a bit naive to think that they share them to educate women. I think they share them for the clicks because they know that this is a milestone moment that's going to get them a lot of money. And I think it's admirable that Zoe and Alfie didn't do that what's up youtube family aka you traders? sarah's day has opened up about last year's controversy where followers accused her of photoshopping her images sophie can you tell us more Well, during a recent podcast episode for the Health Code Daily centered on viral YouTube videos, Kurt said that he wanted to shed light on a little conspiracy that he says has been made about Sarah. So the incident in question that Kurt was referring to was when followers noticed that Sarah had a folder on her computer called Cellulite. So it was around this time last year that Sarah was taking part in the show me a picture challenge and was asked to show a photo of her at her unhealthiest. So Sarah shared a photo of herself off her computer screen where she was on a boat in red bikinis and white shorts with supposedly cellulite on her legs. And fans quickly noticed that the photo came from a folder which was in the background called cellulite. Also, she accidentally shared an old photo which was captioned Facetune. So in this podcast, Sarah addressed the cellulite comment and said that the reason she had the folder was for a YouTube video she was creating about how she had reduced her cellulite. So to prepare for the video, she was putting old photos into the folder titled cellulite so that she could easily drag and drop the images into the video. This is what she said about the controversy. To prepare for this video, I was putting all of my old videos in that folder I was getting screenshots so when I sit down and chat I can just like drag and drop from the folder so on Instagram I did a screenshot of my cellulite and I guess it's worse you know in a photo because it's like it's actually not very very easy to have a photo of your cellulite at its worst because when do you take a photo of that really (laughs) so anyway I had it in this folder and people were like this is so fake why would you have a folder called cellulite yeah, you I'm like, I'm a content creator. Your like, what? I'm like, I'm a content creator. This is, that's what I do. Yeah, this is part of I my job. A, I to have a document folder. Document my my downfall. I have a folder called bad skin, <laughs> yeah. peril dermatitis, cellulite, hormonal acne. I um, love some of the things that people come up with. It just make me laugh so much. No. Now I completely understand this cellulite folder thing. It seems like a pretty legitimate explanation as to why she had the folder. However, I'm a bit confused why they didn't acknowledge in this segment what the file say Facetune was all about because... Probably because it's not too hard to explain because I don't have a reasoning behind it. Exactly. But, you know, Kurt's sitting there saying, oh, yeah, everyone's saying that you were photoshopped. Yes, Kurt, it's because there was a photo, photo entitled Facetune. And I totally understand, though, that there's a large percentage of influencers and also everyday people who do use filters and photo editing apps to make themselves look better. There is such a pressure on people like Sarah to look great. And I feel like it could have been a moment where she was actually quite relatable if she just said on the podcast, yeah, I have Facetune photos before, haven't we all? Well, Alex Cooper did a whole podcast about that when she was caught out and she was very raw and real and said, yeah, I do Photoshop my files. And it made you look at people with followings a little bit differently that they all have insecurities just like ourselves i think the issue is that people didn't like the fact that maybe she was face tuning and photoshopping photos that were used to promote her diet and exercise plan because then the photo is not real you're not exactly. actually i think it's a pretty legitimate well, thing to be upset about and in regards it also makes to you assume- comments about on. the cellulite i think that they were referencing that oh I think they thought followers thought that Sarah had put fake cellulite on herself yeah. for the YouTube video. Which I don't well, wouldn't think wouldn't be actually more likely. Did, but I think that the reason people were questioning it is because they have been caught out numerous mm. times photoshopping. See, what I thought was that people were saying that she actually hasn't reduced her cellulite and that she's photoshopping photos to make it look like she doesn't have any when she actually really does. Because I was under the understanding and I could be incorrect, but I thought it was really hard even if you trained and lost weight to remove cellulite like you can't spot treat cellulite Mm. I think it's more of a lifestyle thing of the food that you then eat not so much Mm. I mean as we said none of us here are trainers or nutritionists so I think that's what they're trying to push that this diet and this exercise program can remove cellulite but Mm. I question that The validity of that really. To to be honest, I was just really surprised about the whole podcast because they were talking about, as you said, Sophie, the viral YouTube Sarah has released and even referencing the cellulite one and there was another like booty, Mm. like fat burner one. I I just like, oh, I can't wait to do more fat burner. I felt like saying, Mm. Read the room. People aren't discussing this anymore. It's actually oh, well, so ignorant to they, be talking have you, about those types of videos. It's really disturbing because they are now doing interviews with a nutritionist. Mm. And some of the questions... She's from the Sunny app as well. Yeah, and the questions that Sarah is asking her are really awkward because they sound like they're coming from a place with someone who has obviously experienced an eating disorder and who is aware that they've experienced mm. that. But then all I can think about is the damaging videos of Sarah's eating habits that are still online from six to seven years ago. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. because she admitted that she had actually gone to a dietitian and asked to, and how can she lose this excess weight when she only weighed 47 kilos. And she's obviously gone on the record and spoken about how she's lost her period. Mm. And that, yeah, it just seems to be this awkward elephant in the room. But then she also is constantly seems to be questioning this dietitian around, how like how she can lose weight after her pregnancy Mm. i mean she's also released is releasing this pregnancy ebook now which again made me feel very uneasy because with her prior birth to fox she said that she wanted to stay out of that space she just wants to be in the the fitness and fitness and wellness space she's not really keen to try and help mums lose weight after pregnancy and it just scares me because I feel like she's already put enough out there that's been quite damaging, which you said, Amy, she refuses to take down. I I just felt uneasy about the whole thing. But she's also discussed numerous times how her birth was really difficult because she over-exercised and her muscles were too tight. Mm. Yeah. It just, it just anyway. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to my channel. Recently, engaged math star Martha Califatidis has opened up about a horrific trip to LA, saying she was warned not to wear anything flashy as people were being robbed at gunpoint. So, can you fill us in on what happened? Well, after announcing their engagement earlier this month, Martha and Michael revealed they were actually holidaying in LA. So, in a QA, a follower asked Martha, How has LA been? And the follower said that she's actually going there in January. Now Martha responded explaining that the city has changed so much since the pandemic struck last year. She wrote Guys, LA was terrible. We went back because we loved it so much when we were there two years ago, but it's not the same, it's changed so much since COVID. The homelessness situation is so bad I can't even begin to describe it. We drove past a lifeless body face down in a gutter outside a gas station on Melrose. Fucking Melrose. People were driving and walking past it completely unbothered. It was Horrific. I couldn't eat for the rest of the day after seeing that. I felt sick. She then continued by saying that the crime rate is up 300%. Every Uber driver told us to beware, don't wear anything flashy because people have been getting robbed at gunpoint. She then continued saying, Nowhere is safe. Even Beverly Hills is super dangerous and experiencing violent crimes daily. The news over here is so different, we don't hear about anything going on, so we booked a stay here completely unaware. She then said that the mayor of L.A. just announced that any tourists wanting to visit should stay away. She said, it's such a scary time. We are so lucky in Australia. I will not be coming back to L.A. or USA for a long time. It's been horrifying. Gee, that's a totally different picture that Mia Plessick has been painting. She has been holidaying, well, holiday slash apparently working in the U.S. And she's been saying how amazing it is since the pandemic. And it's so much better Mm. than Australia. And it's totally different from what Martha's saying. And I I tend to believe Martha, really. It's quite interesting you say that, Kate, because I have noticed that Mia Plessick is actually in the UK at the moment. She appears to be spending Christmas in London. Yet, to my knowledge, she hasn't actually expressed why that is the case. And it's quite interesting because Martha said that she and Michael were actually also contemplating going to the UK. Originally, she said they had planned to do 10 days in New York, but due to the situation and how unsafe they feel, they have cancelled it. However, now they have also cancelled their trip to the UK because they just said they can't risk it at the moment with everything going on with Omicron. She said the UK are implementing more lockdown laws again and we don't want to be stuck away from our family for Christmas. The truth is, it's just not a good time to travel. We thought we would be fine. We didn't want COVID to rule our lives, so we decided to come overseas. It's funny because I saw all these influencers flocking overseas. and At first I was jealous. I was like, I wish I could go. But there was a part of me that... I'm just so wary now and I feel like the world is, is it's not fully recovered, like we're still in the midst of this pandemic. There's a new variant that's just come out that no one really knows much about and I do feel like it really is a risk to travel at the moment and I suppose the people that have money, like the influencers, can take a risk. But for people that don't holiday all the time, I feel like it's a risk that they're not going to take because as you say, their holiday could be completely destroyed. Yeah. And that's the thing, obviously, it's not even just the health situation at the moment. I mean, if you look at America, clearly they're having social and economic implications from the pandemic, not just, you know, you're not just fearful of catching COVID over there. You're fearful of getting robbed due to you know, jobless Poverty. rates over there, and it's just a terrible mm. situation. And I do feel for the poor girl who's got the trip planned to Jan in January, who's asked Martha, "Oh, how how <laughs> was the trip?" Yeah, exactly. Well, Martha was slammed by trolls who disagreed with her grim portrayal of L.A. And Martha actually hit back saying that it's only her experience that she can talk from and that if you don't agree with her, scroll on and that she's always had a great love for the U.S. and that she grew up there. To be honest, though, I thought L.A had a bad rap before mm. COVID because I remember I went with the 36ers and I only stayed at the airport but I remember everyone's like oh don't be envious you don't actually want to go there it's shit it's quite interesting timing because before we jumped on the mics I did see that as an early Christmas present Madison Woolley has gifted her boyfriend who she's back with Jonathan Sauer two envelopes and in one envelope it said for the end of 2021 and the second said for the start of 2022. In the first envelope, they are spending New Year's together at a very swanky event in Sydney at a hotel. And then for New Year's in January, they're jetting off to America. So I wonder if she's seen what Martha's been saying about the current situation in America, because it is very risky at the moment to be traveling. And I personally, um, really happy that influencers are actually putting out the reality of the travel situation because it would be very good and well for Martha to put out glamorous shots of her over in the US and people to assume things are just fine. Yeah, well, I hope they've got good travel insurance. Well, I think that's all we have time for. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. If you have enjoyed it, could you please make sure you are subscribed and leave us a rating and review? And also, please make sure you are part of our Facebook community and you can join in the conversation on Facebook at Outspoken, the podcast community. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Outspoken underscore the underscore podcast.